Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Saddest Things in the World. In this show, we analyze and discuss some of the saddest things ever. Why, you may ask? I don't know. There is a twist. Some episodes will turn out happy. Some will stay very sad. Let's jump into it. Today's episode is... Peter the Dolphin's Suicide. Margaret Howe, a researcher for NASA, and Peter the Dolphin first met in a bizarre NASA-funded experiment designed to teach dolphins to understand and potentially even mimic human speech. Probably trying to, like, weaponize dolphins is what I hear. (laughs) Okay, the purpose of the test was stranger still with a long-time goal being to work out how humans could talk to aliens. Okay, I didn't see that coming. Perhaps even odder was the massive undertaking to create the Dolphin House, a sprawling complex flooded with water where Margaret the Researcher and Peter the Dolphin would live together for 10 weeks. Okay, everything sounds pretty normal at this point. I mean, besides like weaponizing dolphins and the alien part, but okay. Margaret would spend all of her time in the 22-inch deep seawater with Peter, apart from when she could climb into a dry bed or desk which hung from the ceiling hidden behind shower curtains. It might have been a little peeper. The couple, okay, Margaret Howe and Peter the Dolphin, the couple were to live, sleep, wash, eat, and play together as they attempted to teach the dolphin how to speak through his blowhole. Hmm. Okay. Maybe because the aliens do live underwater. Hmm? They want to send a little messaging pigeon down to aliens and dolphins speak through their blowholes? I have no fucking idea. Okay, let's keep it going. Dr. John C. Lilly from the Dolphin Point Laboratory, he predicted the dolphin would be able to mimic human speech within a decade or two. However, between the dolphin and his human handler, things became much more complicated than anyone could have predicted. Peter the Dolphin's own vet, described Peter as, quote, falling madly in love with Margaret Howe. I mean, I don't know. I I would predict that. I mean, don't dolphins, like, hump people? Isn't there a King of the Hill episode where Hank gets humped by a dolphin? Everybody knows dolphins hump. So if you put two things together like that and act all lovey-dovey, somebody's going to want to do somebody. I'm just saying. While the test was unsuccessful in getting a dolphin to learn English, to talk to aliens... It did offer insight into the powerful emotions held by animals. Margaret noticed by week four of the experiment, Peter had started to become sexually aroused around her, and he would be flirtatious, nibbling at her and rubbing against her legs. As Peter's urges became more and more lusty, the young researcher decided to start pleasuring the dolphin in a bid to keep him focused. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't really research this before we did the episode. I didn't see that coming either. So she jerked Peter the Dolphin off to keep him focused. Okay, I call bullshit on all this. I think it was just set up from the beginning for this shit. All right, let's go, let's go. She denied this was sexual for her, but acknowledges it was for him, and instead describes the experience as sensuous. Okay, whacking off a dolphin, sensuous. Okay, I mean, I guess, yeah. I would have loved to be in that meeting. So it's like, okay, everybody sits down it's like, okay, you know, let's talk about this week's issues. Okay, well, Peter continuously uh, wants to have sex with me and he gets aroused and um, 
you know, whose idea was, a, like, okay, how about this? Shot in the dark. What about jerking Peter off? <laughs> like, what, how did that go down, like, in the boardroom? Margaret, however, did admit she formed a deep emotional bond with Peter. Okay, so they were feeling each other. I feel bad for Peter. Shit's going to hit the fan, y'all. That relationship of having to be together sort of turned into really enjoying being together and wanting to be together and missing him when he wasn't there. Okay, this is a perfect example of like, um, you know, the film Vanilla Sky. Jason Lee's character, he was a writer, and he made up this thing called a proximity infatuation. And it's kind of funny because it's like you don't really like the person or the dolphin, but they're just like in your proximity. You know, it's like uh, people like, you know, get crushes with people at work. Like, do you really like that person? Or are they just in your face all day and you guys like happen to bond on a couple things? So yeah, is this a proximity infatuation? Oh no, I'm going to go with Mabes. Okay, let's keep going. I'm nervous, y'all. How the hell, what's going to happen? It was easier for NASA and Margaret to just incorporate that and let it happen. They called it very precious and gentle. Okay, I, I don't know. Let's just keep going. Margaret said, Peter knew I was right there. Peter was right there. Again, it was sexual on his part, but not sexual on mine. Sensuous, perhaps. It would just become a part of what was going on, like an itch, just to get rid of that. Scratch it and we'll be done and move on. Okay, I mean, I feel that. I mean, I don't think I would ever, under any circumstance, jerk off an animal. But, you know, I guess you never really know. Peter was, however, utterly smitten with Margaret. Yeah, they hang out with you all day and whack you off. What's not to love? He would get jealous if she spoke to other humans and even lost interest in two other female dolphins. Whoa, Peter was ready to um, cash it all in. He was ready to risk it all. Maybe if the other two dolphins were jerking him off, he would have liked them. I just don't even know. He took to sleeping next to Margaret in her suspended bed. The two would watch TV and even started to form some human sounds, in particular the word ball. Yeah, the bow. Suck my bowels, Margaret. That's ball, yeah. However, as their bond became deeper, they established a workable relationship between human and dolphin. The experiment's funding ran out and the dolphin house had to close. Okay, I'm scared. Peter was shipped away for Margaret being taken a thousand miles away to Dr. Lily's other much smaller lab in Florida. Within weeks, the seemingly heartbroken dolphin had died in an apparent act of suicide as he was kept in cramped conditions without his lover. Margaret said, I got that phone call from John Lilly. John called me himself to tell me. He said Peter had committed suicide. The lab's vet, Andy Williamson, even attributed his death to a broken heart as he was ripped away from Margaret. He said Margaret could rationalize it, but when she left, could Peter? Here's the love of his life gone. Rick O'Berry from the Animal Rights Organization, The Dolphin Project, also backs the description of Peter's death as suicide. He said dolphins are not automatic air breathers like we are. Every breath is a conscious effort. If life becomes too unbearable, the dolphins just take a breath and they sink to the bottom. They don't take the next breath. Scientists are split over whether dolphins have the mental capacity to participate in suicide in the human sense of the word. Seems like it. I mean, that's what he just fucking said. However, distressed animals are well known to engage in self-destructive behavior that may prove fatal. Such is the case of Hugo the whale, who rammed his head into a tank so often that he suffered a brain aneurysm. 
Lori Marino, a behavioral neuroscientist, dolphin expert, and founder of the Camilla Center for Animal Advocacy, published a paper which she argues as much. She writes that their brains have sophisticated capacity for emotion and the kinds of thinking processes that would be involved in complex motivational states, such as those that accompany thoughts of suicide. So their brains look like they have the capacity to understand what suicide is. I think he knew. Peter liked to be with me. He would rub himself on my knee or my foot or my hand. And at first I would put him downstairs with the girls. There's two female dolphins. But transporting Peter downstairs proved to be so disruptive to the lessons that faced with his frequent arousal, it just seemed easier for her to relieve his urges herself manually. I allowed that, she said. I wasn't comfortable with it as long as it wasn't rough. It would just become a part of what was going on, like an itch to get rid of. Scratch it and move on. And that's how it seemed to work out. It wasn't private. People could observe it. It was a precious thing which was carried out with great respect. I was there to get to know Peter. That was part of Peter. Innocent as they were, her sexual encounters with Peter would ultimately overshadow the whole experiment when a story about them appeared in Hustler magazine in the late 1970s. Well, how did they find out about it? NASA might have sold information, for God's sakes. She bought all the copies she could find, but the story was out there and continues to circulate to this day. It's a bit uncomfortable, she acknowledges. The worst experiment in the world, I've read somewhere. That's fine, I don't mind. But that was not the point of it, nor the results of it. So I just ignore it. This guy was also giving dolphins LSD. It was, you know, 60, early 60s. A lot of experimentation with that. So this guy was doing LSD, getting whacked off all day. So after they couldn't really get the dolphins to talk, they started experimenting more with LSD, and then it just sort of dwindled away. I mean, supposedly. I don't know. It could be going on. There could be a dolphin army on LSD, and they're just saying it's over. I have no idea. But the live-in experiment portion closed. So after it closed, they couldn't house Peter anymore. I mean, call me crazy, but maybe they could have put him back out in the ocean. Peter was moved to a Miami lab, held captive in a smaller tank, with little or no sunlight, he quickly deteriorated, and after a few weeks, boom. Peter the dolphin had committed suicide. Margaret Howe stayed on the island, marrying the photographer who'd captured pictures of the experiment. Hmm. Together they moved back into the dolphin house, eventually converting it into a family home where they brought up three daughters. Ooh, burn. In her and Peter the dolphin's old house, she made a house with somebody else and had kids. That's cold, yo. It was a good place, she remembers. There was good feelings in that building all the time. Um, in the year that followed, the house has fallen into disrepair. Yes, that's Peter the Dolphin's curse. So what lessons have we learned? I don't know. NASA and the government always try to weaponize things. They're always messing with something. But we already knew that. Okay, what else did we learn? Okay, uh, I do believe that animals commit suicide. There's a couple other cases. A dog threw himself off a bridge. The whale. Have you guys seen that Disney documentary? It was many years ago from 60s or 70s. And it's about the lemmings. Remember the lemmings throwing themselves off the cliff? I'm sure you all have remembered that. Hearing that. Here's the deal, you guys. We can talk about how evil NASA is and how evil the government is. Disney's just as evil. And I'm not talking about brainwashing and warping the minds of young girls all over the planet. 
manipulating and brainwashing and forming these little girl minds for their own sick fucking pleasures. During that scene of the lemmings, they were pushing the lemmings off of the cliff. Lemmings do not jump off of cliffs, people. Disney was throwing the lemmings off of the cliff for that documentary. The myth that lemmings commit mass suicide by jumping off of cliffs is not true. The myth was popularized by the 1958 Disney documentary called White Wilderness, in which the filmmakers manually ran a pack of lemmings off of a cliff to make for good TV. The film footage was edited to make it appear like a natural mass suicide. The documentary won an Academy Award for Documentary Feature. Precious. Once the filmmakers had acquired enough animals, crew members constructed spinning turntables covered with snow to throw the lemmings off the fucking cliff. That's your Disney, people. That is your society, not mine. So there you go. So besides NASA and the government always messing with something, trying to weaponize shit, I don't know what else we learned. I do honestly feel that Peter, the dolphin, did commit suicide. So there we go. That was a burn, though. I don't care what you say. It was a burn to Peter for her to move in there with her man and uh, her kids. She made kids in her and Peter's home. People are fucking cold out there, yo. I don't know. That's the part that really continuously keeps my heart closed and continuously make me have no hope for humanity. So there we go. Hope y'all enjoyed the second episode of The Saddest Things in the World. Fuck animal testing. Fuck weaponizing everything that exists. See you next time on The Saddest Things in the World. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. W-I-T-H-M-E-S-H-O-W dot com. Livingwithmeshow.com.